Good morning, everybody, and welcome to worship here at Hillhead Baptist Church. So let us share in the call to worship that is printed on the service sheet. Let us make a space where the stranger finds rest. All are welcome in this place. Let us create freedom for those seeking justice. All are welcome in this place. Let us build a room for young and old. All are welcome in this place. God waits to welcome us. To draw us, each and every one, into the embrace of everlasting love. So let us approach God in prayer. Loving God, in awe and disbelief, we venture close to your presence. Can it be that you welcome us? Include us? Want us? Even in our flawed and limited self-knowledge, we know all too well that we are not always the people that we would long to be. Our love is limited. Our minds are narrow. Our faith is feeble. Our discipleship is tentative. Yet you call us, each and every one, saying, Come to me, and I will give you rest. You reassure us, saying, I'm with you always, to the end of the age. And you call us to love and to forgive as we are continually loved and endlessly forgiven, saying, freely you have received, freely give. Loving God, who sees and knows us as we are, and yet still waits with arms flung wide to embrace us. Help us to believe that we are welcome in this place, in your church, in your eternal now, before we pray in Christ's name. Amen. The Old Testament read this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, and reading verses 1 to 8. 
the Lord appeared to Abraham at the sacred trees of Mamre. As Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing there. As soon as he saw them, he ran out to meet them. Bowing down with his face touching the ground, he said, Sirs, please do not pass by my home without stopping. I am here to serve you. Let me bring some water for you to wash your feet. You can rest here beneath this tree. I will also bring a bit of food. It will give you strength to continue your journey. You have honoured me by coming to my home, so let me serve you. They replied, Thank you. We accept. Abraham hurried into the tent and said to Sarah, Quick, take a sack of your best flour and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and picked out a calf that was tender and fat and gave it to a servant who hurried to get it ready. He took some cream, some milk and the meat and set the food before the men. There under the tree he served them himself and they ate. And from the New Testament, from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, Jesus visits Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat down at the feet of the Lord and listened to his teaching. Martha was upset over all the work she had to do. So she came and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled over so many things, but just one is needed. Mary has chosen the right thing, and it will not be taken away from her. This summer, tens of thousands of people have travelled to Britain to share in the extravaganza that was the Olympic Games and soon will be the Paralympics. And I know some people here went to see some parts of that. Some people were glued to it on their televisions and other people did their utmost to avoid it. But whatever your opinion about the Games... However much you watched or didn't watch, you can hardly fail to have been impressed at the incredible amount of hard work and organisation that went into making it happen. Flags everywhere. Flowers everywhere. Special roads, lanes on the roads. Even signs up on the bus shelter in Clarence Drive warning me of delays because of the London Olympics. Slightly bizarre, but there we go. The nation has welcomed and hosted competitors and spectators, officials, media commentators, technicians, behind-the-scenes workers. All sorts of different people have come to our country. And at this time, churches and Christian organisations have seized the opportunity to reflect on some of the issues and insights that can arise from the Games. Those with a good memory will recall that we used the BMS undefeated material at the start of the summer 
to reflect, albeit very briefly, on some questions around disability and accessibility. And today, we're picking up on the theme of welcome and hospitality, using some material offered by an inter interdenominational worship planning group, whose material we are now using as a church, the Roots material. So, welcome and hospitality. That's why we've got flags all around the place, in case you wondered. These words are words we use all the time. So ordinary and every day, we rarely stop to think about them, about what they mean, about what it would involve if we took them seriously. Their concepts are obvious that we don't really need to spend a whole sermon thinking about them, do we? Well, actually, as I've discovered this week, there is so much we could spend time considering. I've had several attempts at this sermon, five at the last count, and I'm still not sure I've really quite got to the heart of the matter or what it is that God wants us to be thinking about and sharing. Two Bible stories this morning read for us by Jeff, and they give us something of a hint of the complexity and diversity of what we are contemplating. On the one hand, we have a very carefully planned act of hospitality offered by Martha to people she probably already knew and certainly knew a lot about. Tradition tells us it was a meal. Um, there's lots of layering on that Luke story, but certainly this was some kind of planned event, some welcome for Jesus and his followers. But on the other hand... We have the very spontaneous, and I don't know if you picked it up in, in that reading, but hurried um, hospitality offered by Abraham to total strangers. People who, as far as we know, he never met again after they parted company later on that day. We have two very different cultural settings with very different expectations and norms. Abraham represents an ancient nomadic lifestyle, whilst Martha is from a sophisticated society, characterised by honour codes and expectations of reciprocity. If I invite you for dinner, you'll invite me back for dinner. Despite that, though, despite the differences, one of the things I think unites them is they are effectively private hospitality. When one person or one family invites others to come and share with them on their terms. So let's just start by taking a moment to think about the hospitality that we offer as individuals or families. Who is it we invite into our homes and why? And when? You see, I think, if we're honest, our experience for the most part will be closer to that of Martha than Abraham. Generally speaking, the hospitality that we offer will be invited guests coming to our specially prepared homes to participate in carefully planned dining. 
you clean the house that little bit more. You put a little bit more thought into what you cook for dinner. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's really good to welcome our friends and our relatives into our homes. It's good to enjoy good food together and good conversation and to relax together. But if we think that is all that is required, if we think that's all that hospitality is about, then I have a suspicion that our definition is too narrow. And we miss out on the joys and blessings that less formal, unexpected visits can bring. Perhaps dread it, somebody arriving on the doorstep unannounced. But it can bring us great joy if we're up for it. Although these examples from the scriptures are, as I've said, located in domestic settings, the gigantic welcome of which the Roots people um, suggest we follow is not talking about home. It's talking about church. It's referring to what we might consider to be commercial welcoming or that dreaded phrase, corporate hospitality. I've spent quite a lot of time this week thinking about these things. Corporate hospitality. For me, that conjures up pictures of large companies splashing the cash to impress potential customers. And we actually saw, with some of the stuff around empty seats at the Olympic Games, what that can look like. They can just use their cash to buy vast numbers of seats at fantastic events. And then if they want to, they can take people along and show them a good time. But that kind of hospitality has got a very clear agenda. It's about wooing business contracts. It's about getting a financial return on the investment that we've been made. Actually, it's not so different from those first century Greco-Roman culture banquets in which hosts would try to outdo each other with better menus and more exciting entertainment. Corporate hospitality is very agenda-driven. And now I'm guessing that most of us won't experience that grand day out at some illustrious venue, though some of you may have done. But all of us will come across what I have termed the commercial welcome. When you go to the hairdresser and they give you a free cup of coffee or tea. Or you go into the dentist's and there's a nice pile of magazines for you to read. Or you go into the supermarket and there's a person with a big badge on that says, Greeter, and they kind of half smile at you and offer you a basket. Or when we go to a hotel and there, on the bedside table, is a little tray with a small kettle, two mugs, three sachets of coffee, two tea bags, and a couple of thingies of long-life milk. These are officially termed welcome trays, or hospitality things. Well, they're nice. It's nice when I arrive in a hotel room to be able to make a cup of tea. It's nice when I go to the dentist to have something to read whilst I'm waiting. But I have a feeling that nice is about as good as it gets. Because I'm not sure that's really a welcome. And I'm certainly not convinced it's hospitality. 
because we don't have ages and ages, and because this is the first service on a new format, and I'm very concerned about timings, I want us to focus quite briefly on some aspects of our attempt to make a sense of welcome for other people. People who are already part of our church, and also people who are not yet part of our church as we think about our mission and ministry. Most of you will remember that earlier in the year we undertook a review of our ministry as a church and came up with a whole raft of things that we wanted to try. And some of those were around morning worship. We wanted to do even better at welcoming people, at being hospitable to people whose needs and desires on a Sunday morning are very different. We recognise that for parents of young children, actually managing to get to church near enough on time is quite an achievement. Without an expectation that those same children will sit perfectly still and perfectly quiet for 15, 20 minutes. We say that our children matter, that children are important to us. And so if that is a stressful time for children and parents, then that's not very hospitable, is it? We also recognise that some of the adults... Sunday worship is their one point of stillness in a busy week, an often stressful week. Actually, what they feel they need as they come in is quiet and stillness. And some people have said, if I don't get that in the first few minutes, then I just never quite settle down. They don't feel welcomed. They don't feel the hospitality that we long to offer. And actually, those two are not mutually exclusive. There are parents seeking peace and children who are very good at quiet. And there are adults who love the rough and tumble and and mix and activity at at the beginning. It's very tricky to work out how together we create an act of worship in which everybody, young, old, Parent, not parent, male, female, whatever, feels welcome and affirmed and is able to experience something of that for which they seek. The genuine hope by this change of format is that everybody will have a richer, more meaningful experience of worship. And that when we come together at the end of the service, we will do so joyfully, enthusiastically, and in a relaxed way to share together in responding to what God has been saying to us. Now, I think I I have to just say a word to us as the adults who are sitting in here. When you walk through that door, And you see all those faces. It makes an impression, however old you are. When I walk in on a Sunday morning and I see the faces, I look around to see if people are smiling or scowling, if they look pleased to see me or if they're disinterested. 
when our children in Sunday school and the Sunday school workers come in, those looks on our faces will say to them, you're welcome or you're not. So let's just be aware of that. And do you know what? They might make a noise and they might trip over and they might giggle in the wrong place, but praise God for that because it shows they're alive and they're vibrant and they're with us. Making our church a place in which all of us are able to experience worship as best we can is a very important part of our hospitality because it is an expression of God's hospitality. Important that we look out for each other, but also very important that we look out to people beyond those we know and love, to those who we don't know, and actually who might be challenging if we got to know them. We've seen from these, the gospel story that there is a place for a well-organized, focused event. But that's not all. We've seen the place for spontaneous store, cup, hospital, store cupboard meals shared with somebody who's just passing through. There is a place for such things as our freshest tea and our Christmas outreach and our Easter meals and so on. These are really important. These are a part of our hospitality. But there's also a place for the spontaneous giving a cup of tea to the guy who walks in off the street or whatever it might be. What makes it hospitality is not what we offer, but how we offer it, the attitude. Poor Martha. She does get, actually, a bad press, doesn't she? It seems like she was so concerned that people had a great time that she spent no time with them. Abraham actually had it a bit easier. He had a wife to make bread, and he had somebody else to go and kill and prepare the the calf. But he valued the moment and spent time with the people. You see, I think hospitality is as much an attitude as anything else, about giving time and attention to people, about listening for their story without imposing our story accepting them as they are without making comments about the way they look or how they live or what they do or don't do, believe or don't believe. Hospitality is a really precious gift that says to other people, you matter, you're important, we value you. Of course the practical things matter. Of course we have to make sure that there's enough tea and coffee and cake to go round or whatever it is. But you know what? People will forgive us running out of tea and coffee and cake as long as we spend time with them. As long as we talk to them, listen to them, smile at them. It's ultimately the motivation that makes the difference between an event and hospitality, between going through the motion and welcome. I'd love to say more, but I don't have time. One of the thoughts we could have spent time on is to think about who it is that we welcome. Because it's really easy to welcome people who are like us, who look like us and think like us and dress like us and behave like us. It's not so easy to welcome people whose lives are a bit challenging. 
Do we really believe that God longs to welcome absolutely everybody to the eternal banquet? And dare we believe that God will exclude no one because of who or what they are or they have been? Can it be true that for everyone born, there's a place at the table? As we come to our time of prayers for others, it's right that we share a couple of items of pastoral news for your private prayer and ongoing thought. Just to let you know that Nancy is unwell. Nancy has shingles, which is a very unpleasant condition. Um, So our thoughts are with Nancy and Douglas at this time. And also Irene Allen has had quite a nasty fall, which I think it's fair to say has shaken her up. So again, we keep Irene in our thoughts as she recovers quietly at home. In our prayers, there is a response, apart from the first time, because that's the opening words as well. When I say, welcoming God, would you join me in saying, hear our prayer? Welcoming God... We come to you now with our prayers for other people and for ourselves. We come not quite sure who it is we should prioritise in our prayers and not quite sure what we should pray for those we select. But we know that as we come, your arms are outstretched in welcome and that you are ready, even eager to hear us. As our nation prepares for the Paralympics and as elite athletes from many nations complete their training, we pray for an inspiring and successful event. May success be measured not merely in medals won, but personal goals achieved. May diversity of ability, race and faith be celebrated and enjoyed. And may hospitality extend beyond ceremonies and more deeply than outward expression. Welcoming God, hear our prayer. In a week when we have been reminded what happens when human relationships turn sour, when accounts of murders of children or attacks on elderly people have shocked us. May your gentle embrace surround those who mourn to bring them comfort. May your compassion transform bitterness and anger to find creative expression in new hope. And may hospitality lead to the beginning of understanding opening the door for repentance and one day for forgiveness. Welcoming God, hear our prayer. In our city and in our church, as we seek to be genuinely hospitable, to welcome all and to treat with dignity those different from ourselves, We bring before you those close to us 
who are in special need of hospitality. We think of those who come to Glasgow to study and who may find our city as scary and bewildering as it is exciting. We think of those who come from cultures very different from our own, who might be shocked and confused by Western lifestyles and norms. We think of those we meet who challenge or discomfort us by what they believe, by how they live, or by their personalities. Take away fear, melt hard hearts, and let hospitality be extended by all to all. Welcoming God, hear our prayer. And for ourselves, each with our hidden ugliness of past regrets, of undisclosed guilt, of private pain, may we find the hospitality that enables us to find release and the freedom to be and to become the people you created us to be. Welcoming God. Hear our prayer, which we offer in the name of Christ. Amen. Generous, welcoming, loving God, we have spent this time aside with you. We have smiled and we have thought. We have sung and we have shared. And now as we go our separate ways into the week ahead... Help us to be very aware that you go with us, walking beside us, holding our hands, today and every day. Mm